0: Amen, what a great reminder it is for us at Christmas time to remember what the Bible tells us to remember about Jesus. What does it say? It never tells us to remember the birth of Christ, but it tells us to remember what? The death of Christ, amen? The death and resurrection of the Lord. We do want to most certainly remember the birth of Jesus, because obviously without the birth of Christ, we would not have the cross and empty tomb. The Bible never tells us to remember the birth, to remember his death and remember the sacrifice. And so what a great promise and a great reminder it is for us to uh, remember the, what Christmas really means. And uh, that is about the cross and what Christ has done for us there on Calvary's Hill. And that God set in a motion before the foundations of the world uh, the redemptive plan uh, for Christ and for all of the world. Well, I'm thankful for uh, this day and for this week. It's always a fun time to celebrate Christmas, especially with family and friends and Sunday school parties and all kind of things that are going on. I know many of you are busy. You have a lot going on. Many are traveling. You know, we certainly pray for traveling mercies for everyone that will be traveling.
1: Uh, and so, please
0: join in and doing that. Uh, I'm so thankful uh, that many of you have. Uh, Send cards or just Merry Christmases to us and the family. We're thankful for that. I'm very grateful. If you have your Bibles, if you turn with me to Matthew chapter 2. The second part of Amazed, uh, two weeks ago, we looked at Amazed from the perspective of the shepherds and how we too can be amazed and how people can be amazed this Christmas. And we looked at how we should follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit and how we should follow the obedience of the Lord. And if we want to be amazed, we should spread the gospel to those around us because that's what Christmas is really all about. Um, not so much spreading presents and uh, tape and uh, wrapping paper all over, but it's about Jesus, the greatest gift of all, and that's salvation, amen, and the forgiveness of our sins. And so uh, we want to look at uh, the second part of being amazed with the perspective of the wise men, uh, many translations say the Magi, who came to visit the king. And so we want to read this passage together, uh, dissect this passage with one another this morning, and uh, see what God would have us to learn about him, uh, of, uh, of this story. Um, I, I do want to just give you an update. Many of you have asked, I'm so thankful, uh, about uh the the second epidural nerve block that I have, I praise the Lord. I feel great. Uh, I am so thankful for that. Uh, I know many of you have been praying about that and and, uh, asked to. we have, and and so I'm just thankful uh, that God has all fit. Now, I'm not jumping for joy yet, uh, but uh, I'm thankful for that. I was a little surprised this time when the doctor came in, and uh, he said, well, we're going to do things a little different this time. of course, I'm in prep room number three, and uh, prep room number four, there was about an 85-year-old guy in there, and prep room number five was probably a 90-year-old, and here I am, 36. I was in good company. I thought, well, what happened that I am in their company today? And uh, he said, well, we're going to do things a little different today. I said, that's fine, whatever you think is best. And so he began to tell me what they're going to do. The first thing he said was, well, we're going to use a catheter. And then he went on with his story. I didn't hear anything else. That's all I heard. And he said, What do you think about that? And I said, I'm just here to tell you. I didn't hear anything you said. All I heard was Catherine. That's it. I said, You're in prep room roll number. That's across the hall. You're in the wrong prep room. He said, No, 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 not that kind. And I was thinking praise the Lord for that. I don't think I don't think you can do that. Uh, but uh, I am thankful. That has nothing to do with the message today. Uh, I'll probably get in trouble at home today, but uh, but uh, I'm thankful. Like, well, uh, you got to laugh at it, you know, you just sometimes, you just have to laugh. And, and uh, I, I tell you, no matter how things are going in life, i always take my personality with me. And uh, I, uh, he got a kick out of that, and I told him, I said, if you, you bring Catherine in there, we're going to have issues, uh, so you're in the wrong room, brother. Uh, But uh, I'm thankful for the results. So praise the Lord for that. Well, Matthew chapter 2, we will read uh, starting in verse 1, and uh, we will read all the way down to verse 12. And so if you have your place, if you'll stand with me as we read God's word together uh, and uh, allow it to speak to us. Make sure that as we read God's word aloud this morning, that you are fully engaged to the scriptures. Every time in the Old Testament, when they would read the scrolls aloud, read the scriptures aloud, and they would begin to praise the Lord openly and sing praises and, and lift up holy hands to the Lord as they read God's word. That means they were engaged in it. This is not just a time for you to stretch for a moment, although you can do that. This is a time for us to hear the word of the Lord. So please be engaged as we read the scriptures together. And this is what the Bible says. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of King Herod, wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem saying, Where is he who was born king of the Jews? For we saw his star at its rising and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was deeply disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. So he assembled all the chief priests and scribes of the people and asked them where the Christ would be born. In Bethlehem of Judea, they told him, because this is what was written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, because out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod secretly summoned the wise men and asked them the exact time the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. When you find him, report back to me so that I too can go and worship him. After hearing the king, they went on their way, and there it was, the star they had seen at its rising. It led them until it came and stopped above the place where the child was, when they saw the star, they were overwhelmed with joy. Entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. And falling to their knees, they worshipped him. Then, the Bible says, then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their own country by another round. Let's pray. Father, Lord, as we read the scriptures openly this morning, I pray, Lord, that in our hearts we are praising your name because of them. Lord, we're so thankful that we have your word. We're so thankful that, Lord, we don't necessarily have to rely on the chief priests or the prophets or kings today. But, Lord, we rely on the scriptures today, on the word of God that we have. We rely on its truth, and, Lord, we rely on its validity in our own lives and know, Lord, that it's right. And God, it's not just for other people, but it's for me. It's for us. It's for today. Lord, help us to obey them. Help us to apply them. Help us to allow them to renew our minds this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Well, in this passage, you have a story. You have Jesus being born in Bethlehem. In the days of King Herod, you know, King Herod was not a very kind man. Wise men from the east, they arrive in Jerusalem, and they come to the king and say, "Where is this who has been born King of the Jews?" And so they're talking to the king. We saw his star and rise, and we've come to worship him. Well, King Herod, the Bible says, was deeply disturbed. He was deeply disturbed. Not because. He didn't know where the king was at the time, not because uh, he had not heard of this verse, but he was deeply disturbed because there was a threat to his own kingdom. There was a threat to his kingship. Who is this that somebody else is going to worship them and not me? You ought to worship me and no one else. And so he becomes deeply disturbed. And so he brings in the chief priests and the scribes because King Herod knew not what the scripture said. So he brings in the chief priest and says and asks them where Christ, the Christ would be born. And they said, Well, in Bethlehem. That's where he's supposed to be born. And then they quote the Old Testament, they quote the prophets. They said, Because this is what is written by the prophets. And you, Bethlehem, are no means least among the rulers of Judah. Out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And the chief priest tells King Herod. He's going to come from Bethlehem. Why? Because that's what the prophets have said. That's what they've taught us. That's what we've learned all of our life to come out of Bethlehem. Now my question for King Herod and for all the other people, why were they looking for the same great anticipation of the king coming? They knew. They were taught the same scriptures uh, as little boys in Jewish schools. They were taught. What the prophet said, that who would come and when they would come and how the King, the Messiah would come. Where was everyone else? Where were they? They knew what the Bible said. Did they just forget? Was it in one ear and out the other? I don't think much has changed today. I don't think much has changed in our own lives today. We know what the Bible says because we've taught that, but we don't live it out. We don't apply the truths of the scriptures in our own life. Whatever the scriptures say, we don't apply those to situations in our own life. Well, nothing's changed thousands of years later. They should have been waiting in great anticipation. The Messiah, the one who takes away the sins of the world, the one that allows us to go to heaven for all eternity, he's going to come. Why were they waiting? You would think they would every day, every night, go looking for this baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, as the prophet said. But they weren't. They get too distracted with life. They got too distracted with family. Maybe they got too distracted with jobs and things that are going on, much like we do today. We don't live with great anticipation anymore of the Lord. We don't live with great anticipation anymore of the things that God can do in our lives. And we actually wait until God does something amazing before we're amazed by Jesus. Rather than living every day, with a great amazement and a great anticipation that today God's going to do something amazing. Today God's going to be great today. And I'm excited and, and living with great anticipation. Well, King Herod secretly brings in the Magi, the wise men, sends them to Bethlehem. And he tells them, to Go and search carefully for the child. When you find him, report back to me so I too can go and worship him. Well, this is a lie. He's not going to, no king's going to go worship another king like that, especially a guy like Herod, King Herod. And so he says, so I too can go worship him now. They don't call on the wise men for nothing. They were very wise men. They knew that uh, what King Herod was saying was not true. God had told them, there was, in a dream. God told them, you better not go back and tell King Herod where this baby is. He's going to kill him." And so you see at the end of the story that uh, they returned to their own country by another route. So after hearing they go on their way and the star that they had seen at its rising led them until it stopped above the place where the child was. And then they went in. The Bible says they worshipped him. You had wise men. Men that were looked upon as the smartest, the most wise men around that these were astrologers. These were men that uh, people looked up to, look for great wisdom, and yet they go in and they worship this baby. Well, you have in this passage two kings. You have one, King Herod. King Herod being ruled with great pride, ruled with great power, ruled with great prestige. His kingdom full of darkness, full of death, as you know, the After this story, King Herod goes throughout the town, slaying all the newborn babies, a small child. And then you have another king. You have King Jesus, the one uh, the wise men have come to worship. This king ruling with great humility, great love and compassion while at the same time possessing great power and prestige. His kingdom was unlike King Herod, but his kingdom was full of light and life. One king came to kill while the other king came to save and give life. And nothing much has changed today. Still today, we have two kings and two kingdoms. We have the king of this world, and the, who is the kingdom of darkness. We have the king of the heavens, the earth, and under the earth, and the kingdom of life and eternal life. Nothing has changed. The question is, which one do we respond to? Which one do we listen to? Which one do we follow? Which one do we obey? Which one do we allow to function in our lives? Which one do we allow to drive our thoughts and our actions and our attitudes? Is it the kingdom of this world, the kingdom of darkness, or the kingdom of life? The kingdom, the king of heaven. I'll share with you three observations from this passage. The first one is this. The wise man followed the light God gave him. This is very important, by the way. The wise men followed the life that God gave them. The wise men were astrologers.
1: They they knew the heavens and the skies. They knew every star. They studied the stars.
0: They knew every star in its place. They knew when one was not in its place. They could name the galaxies, name the stars. They they could tell if one star was a planet or a star. They, They knew all of that. I didn't know all of that. I don't know all of that. Matter of fact, I've learned a little bit more. A couple years ago, we got to go out west and ended up in Flagstaff, right? Into the observatory. We got to look. It it was the same observatory where a guy, a long time ago, I remember the date, he discovered Pluto, the planet Pluto. And we got to look through these huge um, telescopes. (laughs) Yes, I was thinking, I don't know why I was thinking like that is not right uh huge telescopes and we got to see the planets from way down here and and we got to learn a little bit how you can tell which is a star which is a planet when you look up to the sky at night it's clear night and it looks like it's glowing you ever notice that when it looks like it's glowing and it's kind of moving that's a star planets don't do that When you look up and it's not glowing like that, with the naked eye, that is a planet. I didn't know that. And so up at the observatory, we could tell those things. But these wise men, they know all of that. Man, they've given their life over to the stars. The Bible says they saw his star. Not just any star, but the Bible says they saw his star. You read in uh, verse number 2 says, where is he who is uh, born, king of the Jews? For we saw his star at its rising. They knew that this star that they see is no ordinary star. This star hadn't always been there. This is a different one. Uh, This star has not been there all of our lives. We know, we have studied the skies at night, and we know this is a different star. And so that's why in verse 2 they say, we saw his star. This is not an ordinary star. This is his star. Many most likely rising like any other star from the east, it says, for we saw his star at its rising and have come to worship him. They saw this star most likely rising just like any other star from the east. Many would say it's referring to the Messiah as the morning star. You know, all throughout scripture, Christ is referred to as the morning star. This star rising, it was, this was no ordinary star, it was his. It was Christ's star. It was a star perfectly placed by God for the wise men. And they followed this star referring to Jesus as the morning star. Many suggest this star is not an, uh, an ordinary astronomer's object. But this star appeared the moment of Jesus' birth. And these guys knew it. They knew this star was not ordinary. It was different. This star appeared at the moment of Jesus's birth, and so that's why they called it His star. This is God's star. It would have been, it would have been a planet shining brighter because these men, as astrologers, uh, would not have any difficulty pointing out a planet. This is not a star that's always been there. The Bible says in verse nine, "If you will look with me after hearing the key, they went on their way." And there it was, a star they had seen at its rising. It led them until it came and stopped above the place where the child was. This is no ordinary star. Stars don't do that. Stars are in a, spe- a specific spot, and that's their spot. They don't move around uh, like they want to. They don't stop in certain places like they want to, but not this star. That's why they called it his star, God's star. These wise men following the light that God gave them, leading them to Christ. it stopped above the place where the child was. It easily moves in whatever direction it chooses. Many say this star was nothing more than the very presence of God. I like that. Actually, I have no problem calling this star the very presence of God. It's much like the pillar of fire that we've seen in numerous times in the Old Testament. In Nehemiah chapter 9 verse 12, it says, God, you led them with a pillar of cloud by day and with a pillar of fire by night to illuminate the way they should go. This presence is also known as the Shekinah glory of God that could move, lead, and point people to the presence of God. I have to believe that these wise men looked up to the skies and looked up to the heavens and the very presence of God, the Shekinah glory of God, leading them to the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I have to believe that's what this is. This is no ordinary star. The Shekinah glory of God moving, leading these men, guiding these men, pointing these men to the presence of God. And that's exactly what this star did for them. It pointed them to the presence of God. It pointed them to Jesus. God in the flesh. we just saying about Emmanuel. God
1: with us. The one who
0: set down the, the, the crown of glory in heaven and came and lived and dwelt among us. In the very light that God gave these men, led them to him led them to the presence of God. And you know, he still does that today. This bright and morning star, the light of the world, as the Bible calls Jesus, his number one purpose is to bring people into the presence of God. And that's what Christ does. That's what Jesus does. And that's what he has come to do. The wise men followed the light God gave them. Second observation is the wise men worshiped Jesus before they presented the gifts. The wise men worshiped Jesus before they presented the gifts. You read in the scriptures, it says it led them until it came and stopped above the place where the child was. Verse 10, when they saw the star, they were overwhelmed with joy. You know why? Because they knew they were in the presence of God. They knew that in this moment, as we walk in this house, we will be in the very presence of God. And you know what? That ought to cause us to be overwhelmed with joy. I believe with all my heart, as we gather every Sunday, that the presence of God is here. But by the facial expressions of people, you never know it. You never know it. You would never know it. If you wanna, if you wanna take if you if you're brave enough, you come stand right here right now. And look what I'm looking at sometimes. And even during the worship time, during music, you would have no idea that the very presence of God is in this place. Isn't that what we pray for? That God meets with us, that comes with us. This is not the house of God. You are. You are. It don't automatically you come in and God shows up. You, God's in you. When you show up, God shows up. Amen? You're the very temple of God, not this building. You're the temple of God. Your heart, your life, your body, you're the temple. When you show up, God shows up and you never know it. Most churches today you never know it. we're just worried about when are we going to get done it? I'm ready to go home. I did my Christian duty, I went to church. What happened to our joy? What happened when we walk into the house where we've lost our overwhelming joy? What happened? We get more joy today from a Christmas present than we do being in the presence of God. Shame on us. You don't have to agree with it. It's true. There will be more joy Tuesday morning than Sunday morning today. True or not true? It's true. It's true. Earthly gifts are better than the eternal gift of the Almighty God. I do not understand. And I preach it to myself because sometimes I can do the same one. They when they came to the house, they were overwhelmed with joy. You know why? Because they were in the presence of God. And when you're in the presence of God, there's an overwhelming joy that ought to swell up within us, and it ought to come out. We ought to be able to, uh, be able to uh, express that joy. Well, what happened when they got there? It says, entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, And falling to their knees, they worshiped him. Can you believe this? I I can't imagine what's going on in their head. These men have known this was going to happen. They've known about this prophecy. They've known that this is going to happen, and it's happened. The day has come. And they have walked into this house, and they see uh, baby Jesus. They see him, and they realize everything the prophets have said has come true. Everything that the prophets have said has come true. And so when they come into the presence of Jesus, when they came into the actual presence of God, you know what they do? It says they fall to their knees and they worship Him. You know why? Because that's what you do when you're in the presence of Jesus. That's what you do when you're in the presence of God. You fall to your knees and you worship Him. Why? Because He's the Savior of the world. He's the one to take away the sins of the world. He's the only one that's going to get you into heaven. Why did they worship Him? Because they knew this is the Messiah. This is Him. He's here. I have waited for this. I've waited. I've longed and I've prayed for this. And He's here. You know that moment with that person that you prayed for? Finally falls to their knees, surrender their heart to the Lord. You remember that moment? What did you do? You praise God for it. You know why? Because you, you've been waiting for that. Men with great anticipation that they get saved. These men coming into the presence of God. They didn't bring him anything first. They worshiped him. They set aside their gifts and said, We're gonna worship him right now. Because that's what he deserves. You did not deserve my gifts. I don't have anything to give a a king like this. What can I give to God? He's got it all. But they knelt down and they worshiped him. Can I tell you this morning? Worship the giver instead of the giving. This Christmas, would you worship the giver and not the giving? Man, we, we so want to worship what God gives us rather than worshiping the giver. When you're in the presence of God, you worship him. We're, we need to learn that, by the way. I think, for some, somehow, we have forgotten how to worship God. I think we have forgotten how to worship him properly. Now, in the coming months, we're gonna cover that, by the way. I'll give you more information. Later, you'll hear more about that. They came to the presence of God. Too often, we act as though we are the gifts to the Lord. We come to church, you know, here I am, God. Got my coat on. It's not normal, but we're, we're visiting with us. This is not normal. <laughs> we come into the church. You know, we feel like we're the gift guys. God, I came to church for you today. Aren't you thankful? Here I am, Lord. I'm going to teach Sunday school today. Lord, aren't you thankful? You, aren't you so thankful for me? I sang today, or I preached today. I did all kind of things. We often think that our gifts, our talents, and our presence is a gift to the Lord. You know, the Bible says that God is desiring true worshipers. He's not desiring all of our gifts. What do you have to give God but your life? What do you have to give God but your worship? What do you have to give God a holy and perfect righteous God but your, all of your adoration? What do you have? Your presence, your gifts, and your talents. When the Bible says that he desires true worshipers, please hear me. Do not think too highly of yourself that you would bring your talents and become your worship. Don't think too highly of ourselves that we would bring our talents and our gifts to the Lord and to God. Look at my talents. They're all for you, Lord. They didn't do that. These wise men, you know, they didn't come to the presence of a baby and say, here we are. With all of our wisdom. All of our good, <coughs> nice looking robes and our hats. And here we are, Mary and Joseph. We brought our talents to the king. I, mean, I don't know if they talk like that, but whatever. I mean, you understand, right? They didn't do that. But we do that. We feel like our presence in church is a gift to the Lord. What did they do? They worshipped him before they gave him anything. You know why? Because God would rather have a heart. God does not (laughs) look on the outside does. He wasn't saying. God looks to the heart. Give God your heart. Give him everything. Give him all you got. Lord, I want to give you my heart. All of my attitudes, my aspirations, my dreams and desires, my wants and my needs. God, I want to give you all of those things. If you have children here today, which will you which do you desire most? Things from your child or your children? Or being in the presence of your children with quality time. Give me presence of the, you know, Give me presence of uh, with my children with quality time. I, I like getting things from my children. I, there's nothing wrong with that. You know what I love the most? When I have their heart. When I have their presence. And not presence, T S, presence, you know. You know what I'm talking about. And then you look at the gifts that they gave him. They worshipped him first. Then they gave him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold is a gift for a king, rightfully so. Frankincense is the burning of incense that represented prayer. It was often used by the priest. and indicates the priestly nature of the Messiah. Then they gave him myrrh, a fragrance, perfume used for embalming bodies. Often said the inclusion of this gift can be seen as a prophetic of the death of the Messiah. All three gifts tell the world of who this baby is. He's a prophet, he's a priest, and he's a king. These are wonderful gifts to the Lord. So after you worship him, what do you offer him? After you worship the Lord, what do you offer him? Are they things just for him or for his glory? Or are they simply for your gain and your own pleasure? May we be careful what we offer the Lord. May we be careful what we give to him. May we offer things for him that are only for him. His praise, his glory, his adoration. May we give gifts that are fit for a king, a priest, and a prophet. Number three, the wise men left different than when they came. They left different than when they came, obviously, in the dreams it says, In a dream not to go back to Herod, they return to their own country by another route. Anyone who comes to Christ leaves another way than which they came. Amen? Anyone who comes in the presence of God, anyone who comes to Jesus, rightfully so, to worship Him, you leave differently than when you came. So, let me ask you this. Are you ready to leave differently than when you came this morning? Have you, you worshipped the Lord today? Many have come in here with busyness. You've come in here and you're tired. You've come here. Listen, I, I understand all that. It's been a busy morning, you know, <laughs> getting family and all that great, trying to get here. Uh, things didn't work out like you thought they would. And, and uh, it's been a, been a crazy morning. And you come in here frustrated. And you've come in here. And, you know, you got a lot going on this afternoon <laughs> this week. And you're just thinking about all that. And you're going to leave the presence of God the same way you came. That's not true. The Bible says when you get in the presence of God and the presence of Jesus, you will leave differently than which you came. Can I ask you this? Are you ready to leave differently than which you came? Have you honestly worshipped him today? Have you? Have you fallen to your knees and praised God today for the salvation that he has brought to you? For the opportunity to know Jesus? The other day, Will, we were in the living room and uh, we were admiring our Christmas tree, I guess and uh, which I think it's a very pretty tree I love the lights on it, I love all of it I, I plug it in every morning just because I like to look at it I, I mean, it's beautiful. and Will said you know there's another tree that really matters. And it's not the Christmas tree of course I knew where he was going I said, well, what, what do you mean, bud? He said, well, you know, the cross. thats it. that true matters more. And I thought, "Boy, well, that's the greatest thought of Christmas
1: you could ever have.
0: The Christmas tree, you can't wait to put it up, can you? Well, some of you can. Some of you are like, I wish we'd ever put it up. I'm tired of this, you know, especially if you have cancer animals, right? Small baby, you no know, children, just learn how to walk. You know, the bottom half of your tree's not decorated at all. It's all at the top. You can't wait to put it up. I've always been, he asked the man, I've always been, day after Thanksgiving. We're not doing anything until the day after Thanksgiving. We're going to celebrate Thanksgiving. Day after Thanksgiving, we'll put it up. Not this year. I caved. Like a wimpy dude, man. I caved. Because my five-year-old wanted to put that tree up. No one wanted to put that tree up. Anyway, dad put it in the tree, 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 with the tree, 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 tree. And sometimes, you as a parent, you know what? Some deals are not worth dying on Let's get the tree out, man. I'm just tired of hearing it. Let's get and give him what he wants. We got the tree out, put it up, and the tree's the center of attention. Isn't it? The whole month, center of attention. We put hundreds and hundreds of lights around it. Some work, some don't. Cause a lot of frustration. Did you know our tree is a pre lit tree? We've had it how long? Nine years? Roughly? Ten years? It's a pre lit tree. Every light works. And we only won't, And I said something about it. Every one of them works. It's amazing. Plug it in, all works. Praise God with all the ornaments on there and you start to put gifts under there. You remember as a little kid, man, the gifts just keep adding under there, not up yours. But it's just cool to see all of them under there. You know, you're like, oh, it's getting closer. It's getting closer and closer. You put hundreds of thousands of lights wrapping around the tree. Everything you do is centered around the tree. It's amazing and a beautiful thing. We have trees in here and they look wonderful. We have trees out there. They look wonderful. You have trees. With all the strands of lights, all the hundreds of ornaments, many ornaments of which our children made, those are the best ornaments, aren't they? You have no clue what it is, but maybe just hang it up. You're like, I don't know what it is, but he did it two years ago, and we're keeping it. You know, you keep it. Those are the best ornaments. They're the the most awesome ornaments. Your kids make them. They never break like the ones you pay for. They're awesome. You hang them up, ornaments that your grandchildren made. We put our gifts on the dare and hope nobody will come along and sneak a peek, you know? You know, you've got to have the good tapes. somebody can undo the tape and take it back, right? I never did that, by the way. I really didn't. I like the element of surprise. Unless I'm in a deacon's meeting. I don't like surprises. But with gifts, I like I don't want to know ahead of time. That's just always been me. But people sneak peeks of what they're going to get. We plug in the lights, we adore the tree. And all of our attentions are towards the Christmas tree. Everything we did centered around that. But there's another tree. It's not a Christmas tree. This tree is where death and life comes from. It's where eternal joy springs up from the ground. It's where redemption and forgiveness happens. It's where sustained joy happens in this walk of life. It's where death died and love eventually won. It's where God's wrath, was completely satisfied. However, Jesus didn't come to decorate this tree with ornaments or lights. But this little baby in the manger eventually came to die on that tree, breathed his last on that tree, shed his blood on that tree. A tree that looked of death and torture ended up being a picture of beauty and adoration. And there were no hundreds of lights wrapped around this tree, but there was one light, the light of the world on this tree. There were hundreds of strands of lights wrapped around this tree but there was one light on this tree. The Bible calls him the light of the world. He's the light of the world. So may we not sing this Christmas, oh Christmas tree, oh Christmas tree, how lovely are your branches. But may we sing this Christmas at the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light. And the burden of my heart rolled away. For it was there, by faith, that I received my sight. Amen. And now, I'm happy all the day. Would you listen to this old hymn as my friend sings it?
1: Alas, and did my Savior bleed? And did my sovereign die? Would he devote the sacred head For, for such a worm as I? Sing this voice. At the cross, <coughs> yeah. at the cross Where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away it was there by faith I received my sight and now I am happy all the day listen to the second last verse was it for Christ that I he Lord, I give myself away, yes. tis all that I can Would you do. stand with us and sing this for us? At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart, Was there by faith I received my sight And now I am happy all the day let together, Father.
0: I'm so thankful, Lord, for the cross. And Lord, I know many of us in this room, I don't know if we're going to leave any differently than which we can, but I sure hope so. Because, Lord, any time we gather with the saints, Lord, I pray we have truly worshipped you. Lord, help us right now that we would leave differently. Help us that we are in the presence of the Lord, that we would worship you. And, Lord, just as that song says, "But drops of grief can never pay the debt of love I owe. Here, Lord, I give myself away. <clears throat> Tis all that I can do. What do you want to give the Lord today? Maybe you need to give him your heart. Maybe you need to give him your family, your, your struggles. Maybe you need to give him your situations. I don't know. I think there's some heartache in this room. I know that. Christmas, Christmas can be a hard time. Some of you are struggling financially. You're struggling in your marriage. You're struggling at at your work or in your home or whatever the case it is. I actually believe, too, that somewhere you are struggling in your heart. That you've never truly given yourself over to Jesus. You know that's all he wants, really, is your heart. Would you repent of your sins today? Trust in Jesus. Where you, too, can sing at the cross. At the cross. Where I first saw the light of the world that's Jesus. And the burden of my heart rolled away. That can happen today. And you can see it was there by faith that I received my sight. And now I'm happy all the day. You can live differently than when you came. There'll be pastors down front. We love to pray with you. We love to uh, talk with you. You need Jesus this morning. Come and repent and trust in Him that today. Or if you need to take a moment and say, Lord, I have not worshipped you properly. But Lord, I don't want to leave here the same in which I came. I want to be like the wise men. I'm going to leave differently. Even if it's just for a moment of prayer at the altar, you can say, Lord, I'm going to worship you right now. Would you do that? Father, we pray, have your way. Lord, have your way in our hearts this Christmas. God, may we not try to give you anything until we give you our life and our heart. God, may we do
1: that. In Jesus' name. Amen.